guys, welcome back to Revive School. Lesson 40, that's a big number for somebody out there. 40 is a big number. My wife turns 40, I turn 40, Rich is already 40, Kevin's already 40. Tom, you got a ways to go. Uh, David did ministry at 40, Moses did ministry at 40. Kevin, it's lesson 40 today. 2 Corinthians 8. Uh, you know, Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness. Uh, 40 days in the wilderness for the Israelites. Hey, it's a, it's a big day. I think it was 40 years for them. Yeah, 40 years in the wilderness, 40 days for Jesus. Okay, look, the point is, it's lesson 40. This week, we're going to be able to finish up 2 Corinthians, kind of crazy, and then jump into already the book of Galatians. Here we are studying through Paul's epistles. Another word for epistles is? Letters. Letters. So Paul is writing letters. Letters. We got letters. Isn't that a Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon letters? Thank, that's thank you. Oh, thank yous. Oh, thank you. I don't know what accent that was, but here we are, 2 Corinthians 8. Uh, you know, 8 and 9 really are uh, an ongoing uh, thought of Paul's that he's really carried throughout 2 Corinthians. I mean, think about this, okay? And it's kind of an interesting, our, our one word, Kevin, for 2 Corinthians is treasure. treasure. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is about Paul collecting treasure that's going to take and go back into the poor believers in actual Jerusalem. And so, but here's the cool thing. They're, they're collecting treasure because of the treasure. Because of, in Romans 15, Kevin, if you'll go there, Romans 15, 27, you know, Paul says this to the Gentiles. It's cool. It's a really cool picture. He says, because we've received this spiritual benefit, if Gentiles have shared in their spiritual benefit, the treasure, then they're obligated to minister to Jews in material needs with treasures. So you can look at it in a really fun way. We have the treasure. Now let's give the treasures away. And that's exactly what 2 Corinthians 8 is talking all about. And it is really, it's better in Acts 20, Kevin, if you go there, Paul says this. It is blessed, Acts 20, verse 35, Scripture says this. It says, in every way, uh, I've shown you that by laboring like this, it is necessary to help the weak, and to keep in mind the words of the Lord Jesus. For he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so that's really what Paul is after. Guys, I want to continue to, to, to collect in order to give. I want to collect in order to give. You know, a couple things. We've talked about this, but why? Why the collection in 2 Corinthians 8? One, they really wanted to strengthen the unity. So this treasure giving is really about strengthening the unity. Uh, and we've already referenced Romans 15. The Gentiles are really, you guys, um, they're, they're debtors in that sense. Like they are in debt to the, the Jewish people. Uh, I like this one. Paul is wanting to show he's not an enemy to the Jews. I mean, think about this. Paul goes from... Uh, you know, being one of the rising stars, and you'll hear this language all throughout the week, Paul's a rising star for the Jews. He's going around making sure that these so-called Christians are wiped off, taken care of, arrested, killed, you name this. And then all of a sudden he flips the coin. He has an encounter with Jesus. He has a revelation from Christ, literally. And all of a sudden Paul becomes the greatest missionary of all time. And so it could be portrayed to the Jews, oh, now he's an enemy. But all of a sudden, if you go and you interact with the Gentiles and they're coming to know Christ, they're putting their, their trust in the salvation of Christ, <laughs> they're finding the treasure. Now Paul says, yeah, but I'm still for you, Jews. I still love you. I still love, I'm not against you. So he's not an enemy to the Jews. And, and I really like, you know, what Wearsby says very simply. Why else do they do this? Because in Galatians 2, Kevin, 
uh, Galatians 2, 6 through 10, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Paul promised, promised to remember the poor. I mean, this was his, he says, they asked only that we would remember the poor, which I made every effort to do. So everywhere I go, as I'm traveling, as I'm speaking into local congregations, I mean, really, guys, I need you to take a love offering. I need you to take a love offering before I even arrive. And then when I'm there, I want to collect it. And we're going to take these treasures because I promise to take care of the poor. And so what's this have to do with the Corinthians? Like, why does he have to write to the Corinthians? I want to make sure everybody understands this because he understood, Paul understood that the Corinthians were not holding up their end of the, of the bargain. Guys, you've made some promises and you really have. Can you go to 2 Corinthians 8.10? I need to make sure that you are stepping up. I mean, now look, he says in 2 Corinthians 18, now I'm giving an opinion on this because it's only profitable for you who a year ago began not only to do something, but also to desire it. I want to make sure that a year ago you said you're going to sow in. Now I'm coming. I want to make sure you're doing it. I want to make sure that there is a collection taking place. So what Warren Wearsby does, and I love good old Warren Wearsby. <laughs> he says, uh, when we when we give, it needs to be in spite. <laughs> Don't just close it like that. When we give, give it in spite. No, no, no. In spite of um, circumstances. Okay, I want you to give in spite of circumstances. Okay, that's kind of a key. It says this in verse 1. He says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God granted to the churches of Macedonia. Now, the churches of Macedonia, this is kind of a cool picture. Macedonia is northern part of Greece. Okay, Paul establishes churches in Macedonia. Okay, here's a couple of them. Philippi, okay, Thessalonica and Berea. Okay, so about the grace of of God granted to the churches. And so here you have Kevin. Thanks. You have Corinth and you have Athens. And then we mentioned, okay, there's Thessaloniki, Thessalonica, Philippi and Berea. So you, you have one of them. These churches that Paul has established. Okay, he says, look, I want you to understand something during a severe testing by affliction. Their abundance of joy. So the Macedonians are giving. And this is really cool, you guys. They're, they're giving despite their circumstances. And so some of the circumstances are during the affliction. Kevin, the scripture says they're still giving. In spite of, scripture says, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty. So in spite of poverty. So you can never use the excuse, according to Paul, hey, I don't have anything. Because they're saying they're giving literally in abundance. This is cool, a cool picture. During um, <laughs> affliction, during an abundance of joy and deep poverty. This deep poverty, uh, Wearsby even describes it as rock bottom destitution. In other words, they got nothing. They got nothing and they're still finding pennies and quarters and dimes in between their pillow cushions and saying, here, you take it. I mean, I don't know how to describe this. Or there might even be saying, hey, look, this is the last jar of, of, of manna, a jar of, oil, of flour. Please go sell this. I don't have anything else, but please give this to them. And they're doing this, you guys, with great joy. I love when, when people just like, I have a, Laura and I have a family friend, uh, a friend of our family, I should put it this way. And like, he just, like, he delights in giving to to my wife and I and to our kids like and he smiles about it he laughs about it and it's just like him and his wife just they can't they 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 make you feel valued and not bad like oh hey here's a hundred dollars make this work 
It's like, here, man, here's an abundance of finances to help you take care of this. And it is our joy. Like, this is what the Macedonians, it's our joy to give you the last of what we have in our pockets. You know, literally, like, here, this is all I got. But, you know, here's an example. Maya, okay, my oldest daughter, eighth grade, she wants to buy a shirt at Wildlife, okay? A, a, a junior high version of Young Life, if you've heard of this, right? And the next thing you know, she's, she wants a t-shirt. Every kid wants a t-shirt, right? And uh, all I had in my pocket was X amount of dollars, all dollar bills. That's all I had, cash-wise. Look, it's not because I'm deep poor. I'm not saying that. I'm just, what I had, Maya's like, I'm going to get a shirt. And I was like, Maya, here's, here's what I have. And I know this sounds silly, but like I delighted in giving her those funds for her to get a t-shirt. Why? Because like I wanted to bless her and I didn't care what I had. I'm just like, here you go. I, I know that sounds silly, but like I blessed my daughter and it brought such joy. Like this is the kind of giving that we're talking about. Why? Because I know my daughter is going to do something and she needs it. You're like, it's a t-shirt. I get it. But this is the image that I want us to have during affliction, in spite of poverty, do this with great joy. And then it just continues on and it says, look, it overflowed into the wealth of their generosity. Why I like this phrase is, is it's, it's really beyond and Wearsby says it. Well, actually, this is Nelson's commentary that added this. It's beyond their means. Like they didn't rationalize it out and say, um, you know, if I give you two dollars, that means I'm not going to have two dollars for for my 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 beans and hot dogs tomorrow. By the way, I love beans and hot dogs. Just the Jews might not be talking about beans and hot dogs. But I I just think like in their mind, it was like, I'm just going to keep giving. I'll never forget. I was at a grocery store with one of my buddies at when I was going through Gordon Conwell Seminary and we're at a grocery store. And this guy, he bought the ladies groceries in front. And he just looked at me and I I don't know if I've experienced that before or what. And he just looked at me, he goes, Kyle, you can never outgive God. And I, I know I know everybody's heard this phrase, but it's true. It's not ours anyway. And the Macedonian believers understood, let's keep blessing our Jewish believers. (laughs) And the scripture continues on. It says in verse uh, verse three, Kevin, I testify that on their own, according to their ability and beyond their ability, there's be the beyond means. And it says they begged us insistently for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints. Do you hear what that says? Can I, can I please give to them? Please, like, please let me give you my money to the Jewish believer. Kevin, I don't know what's begged, right? Please, sir. Please, sir. It's not, can you give me money? Please, sir. Can I give you the money I, I have because of the treasure that we've received? Like, they're saying, please, sir. <laughs> it's better than my Italian accent, you know, Aquila and Priscilla. Dear Lord. So they are pleading, you guys, to give. (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome? If somebody came up to me and like, Kyle, I so want to sow into you as you look to go to Jerusalem and give you a building. I want to pour. Please, Kyle, can I give to you? Like, please, sir. Yes, absolutely. That's your problem. You got to find that guy. I need somebody to beg to me. But like, what an awesome way to talk about giving. And here's the deal. You're giving because you have the treasure. You're giving your treasure because you have the treasure of Christ. Whew! I got some goosebumps in here. and It ain't cold, Kevin. I just get excited thinking about people just giving up because of what we received in Christ. They've pleaded, Lisa, can I give you money? 
That's an awesome picture. And then in verse 5, and not just as we had hoped, instead they gave themselves, especially to the Lord, and then to us by God's will. So now they're saying, can I give? And oh, by the way, I'm going to give myself to the Lord. Like, there's nothing stingy about the Macedonian, Macedonian believers. Nothing. And Paul's like, praise God. This is the collection that we're talking about. So we want to give in spite of circumstances. Kevin, I know that for me personally, in my head, I'm like, okay, like this just happened to me this morning. I've been paying every month so my kids could go to a camp this summer. Like, that's when you know a camp's too expensive. Right? But it's my joy. Sorry. <laughs> like, you want to give. And so like, but I want to send my daughter to another camp, a different daughter. I've got a lot of kids. I want to send a different daughter to a different camp. And like, I want to just sew into my daughter. Like, that's my, and I'm like, I'm going to do that. And just when I determined that this morning, I found out that I'd already paid off my other camp. And so like, in my head, you can't rationalize one thing to say, okay, now I'll do another thing. And I'm not talking about being irresponsible. I'm just talking about being generous with what you've been given. And that's the Macedonians. You give in spite of circumstances. I'm just going to say it now. Somebody that's listening right now, look, you're just being tight. Like, I don't care who you're praying about giving to or what you want to sow into. But look, I'm telling you, like, we want to do this with great joy. Sow into the local missionary in your neighborhood. Sow into, you know, whatever the context is. But please do this with joy and don't be stingy. Because you know what happens? I don't see the treasure of Christ in you. When you release the treasures, you're just saying, look, it's not mine Anyway, so give in spite of circumstances. And then it just says, I'm sorry, that's verses one through two. And then I just, we've already covered this, but I want to make sure you have it. When we give, I want us to give enthusiastically. (laughs) Amen. And that's that verses three and four. Please, sir, can I give to you? Like you, Kevin, you want to try that voice? Please, sir. Yes, Rich, he did it. This is good. All right, so we're giving enthusiastically, but at the same time, uh, in verses 5 through 9, which is what we've just begun to talk about, is that when we give, we need to give as Jesus gave. I don't know how any of you guys read my writing. You're like, we don't. All right, so in verse 5 it says, remember, not just as we had hoped, they gave themselves especially to the Lord, then to us by God's will. It says in verse 6, so we urge Titus just that just as he had begun, so that he should also complete this grace to you. In other words, Titus was, he had begun the collection when he was in Corinth earlier on in 2 Corinthians 2. So Titus is beginning to do the collection. Okay. Titus is the money guy in this context. Now in verse 7, I really like this image. Remember Mindy's painting back in 1 Corinthians? Uh, here you have the nine hands that represent Kevin. Nine gifts. The nine gifts focused on love, love which is covered by Holy the Holy Spirit. He comes back to this. Paul comes back to this. He says, look, okay, guys, now as you excel in everything, and he begins to talk about some of these gifts, faith, speech, knowledge, and diligence. And then he talks about in love for us, excel also in this grace. So he says, look, you guys have an abundance of spiritual gifts and graces. Okay, he says, look, you already have the gift of faith. I mean, he's talking about this. He says, you guys have the gift of speech, specifically even talking about probably prophecy. Then he says, look, you have the gift of knowledge. You know, talking about these contexts of like, and I love the gift of knowledge. It's kind of like somebody comes up and prays into Kevin and they start describing Kevin's day and what's going to happen tomorrow. And Kevin's like, um, how did you know that I just read Monster's Truck in North Dakota? 
Please, sir. So here's the point. Like God uses people's different gifts. That's not one of them that I just did. And then he says in diligence. So like he, he describes these different things and he says, and love. You have an abundance like we're not just talking about the, the gifting of giving, but he also says, I want you to excel in this grace of giving as well. So don't just think like, oh, it's just faith. Or it's knowledge. It's speech. It's diligence. It's love. Man, I, I want you to also talk about giving. I need you, Corinthians. Remember, the Macedonians are giving. You need to give up as well. Remember your promise a year ago. Follow through with what you're actually talking about. This is kind of the language that we are getting into in 2 Corinthians 8. It's that treasure, but we're actually talking about delivering the treasure. Titus is the one that's actually collecting this. He says in verse 8, I'm not saying this as a command. (laughs) Sure sounds like it. Rather, by means of the diligence of others, I'm testing the genuineness of your love. Ooh, that's the worst. This isn't a command. I just want to know if you really follow Christ. If you really respect Christ, your generosity will naturally just overflow. And I will tell you that is so true. I will tell you that. Like everything you have is not yours. And when that that, that family that sows into Laura and I, like that's how they make us feel. They love Christ so radically that they just they have to give. Like you love being around those people. Sylvan Ash is a guy that serves beyond anything. Is that not true? The guy's either fixing a doorbell or doorknob or Tony. He's got a lot of work to do. (laughs) He's got a lot of work. But here's the deal. He loves doing that uh, because he loves Christ. And because he loves Christ, the overflow is serving. Why is that any different with giving? If you love Christ and God has gifted you to give it away, then he says, if your love is for real, I already know it's going to happen. He says in verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he, man, this is an awesome, awesome word. Though he was rich for your sake, he became poor so that by his poverty, you might become rich. You know, the only thing I'll just tell you is this, is that I'm going to get into this tomorrow. This is not prosperity theology here. But Kevin, people do that. Oh, look, Christ became poor. He died on the cross, as we talked about in Romans. He died on the cross so that Kevin, he became poor so that you and me and I could have our, our, our wallets lined. Look, it says so that we can become rich. Rich, your name is Rich. What does that mean? He's talking about the riches of Christ. The spiritual riches of Christ. Okay, let's just do something very practical. Okay, he's not talking about extra bonuses. Amen. He's not talking about bigger cars or bigger houses or a second house or a third house. He's not talking about that. Christ literally became poor. He, he died literally so that you and I could experience forgiveness. He died. He became poor so that you and I could experience justification. Nelson says, how about regeneration? How about eternal life? Christ went through this process, process so that eventually we could experience glorification. That's the richness that we're talking about here. That is the deepness of the Lord that we get to experience. This has nothing to do with, hey, by the way, 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, you're going to be loaded if you follow Christ. This is a prosperity message that is not of the Lord. Please understand this. Christ died for you and I so that we could become rich in him, which is talking about eternal life and all of those attributes that he just wants to pour into us. When we get into verse 10, 
You know, we've talked about you give in spite of circumstances. You give enthusiastically. And oh, by the way, you give everything up of yourself. That's what he's talking about. We give as Jesus gave. And then in verses 10 through 12, okay, in verses 10 through 12, Wiersbe puts it this way. When we give, please give willingly. Now I'm giving an opinion on this because it is profitable for you. So my opinion is free, but hey, it's going to get you somewhere. (laughs) Who a year ago began not only to do something, but also to desire it. Okay, this is an investment. This is what I want you to think about. This is an investment. Giving now, okay, is going to profit the Corinthians. Can I just tell you this? Oh, not just not just like to help somebody else, like literally before the Lord. He says in verse 11, but now finish the task as well, that just as there was eagerness to desire it, so there may also be a completion from what you have. In other words, I'm going to pull back just for a second. Any, some of you maybe have done a pledge, pledge before at a church campaign. Like if you've promised and pledged it, finish the deal. If you're, if you're pledging to sow into missionaries or to work overseas, like, and you've committed to this, like finish it. Finish the task. Corinthians, I need you to sow into the believers. You have the treasure. Now release the treasure. Scripture then continues on and says in verse 12, for if the eagerness is there, it is acceptable according to what one has. I love that. If the eagerness is there, like you give willingly, not according to what he does not have. And then finally, in verses 13 through 24, it's kind of a longer one here, but the scripture just says, when we give, Uh, give by faith in verses 13 through 24, which is probably the hardest one to do. I'm not saying when you're in poor, it's not hard. I'm not saying, you know, sometimes you're not, you're not enthusiastic or I'm not unconditionally willing to give or, you know, willingly, but sometimes like he tells you to give something that by faith, you're like, I don't know how this is going to even happen. And yet God somehow does that. In verse 13, it says and following, is it not that there may be relief for others and hardship for you? What about that? Isn't that, isn't that the craziest? If I give, they'll have relief, but now it, well, sucks to be me. <laughs> right? Don't we play that game? Like, well, what do I have to do? Do I have to just eat ramen noodles now for two weeks because I gave them so that they could eat steak? Like, but that's what we do. It's a question of equality. That's the question that some of us have. At the present time, your surplus is available for their need. So their abundance may also become available for your need. So there may be equality. If you have abundance, you don't hold on to it. In verse 15, it says, as it has been written, the person who gathered much did not have too much. And the person who gathered little did not have too little. I love this image because here's this image, you guys, uh, literally a situation in the Israelites uh, in the wilderness. In Exodus 16, remember, some gathered more manna, some gathered less. But when it was all said and done, everybody had need. And I think that's what I love. Exodus 16, verse 18, Kevin. Exodus 16, verse 18, just as a a reference, when they measured it by courts, the person who gathered a lot had no surplus, surplus. And the person who gathered a little had no shortage. Each gathered as much as he needed to eat. Now, if you go to verse 20, this is really interesting to me. But they didn't listen to Moses. Some people left part of it until morning. In other words, they hoarded it. 
They kept the abundance and they thought, oh, if I keep this, I'll be I'll be good for the next day. But if you keep it, scripture says it bred worms and it it smelled. (laughs) Therefore, Moses was angry with them. I do think this is an image of what happens when people hold on to the finances and the funds. Uh, I was talking to John Mazel, who founded East West Ministries. And like, I love John Mazel. This guy, like former Marine or, you know, a Marine, always a Marine, I guess. And uh, he went into Vietnam. I mean, this guy is a, a true soldier and he's a soldier for the Lord. And there's one area that gets him fired up. And it's keeping finances that you say you're going to release in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years for, for the kingdom of God. He's like, how do you know that that money that you have right now wasn't meant to advance the kingdom of God now? He's like, do you not think that somebody else God can use to give more money in a year or in five years or 10 years? I think there's something to that. I'm not taking away not saving. I'm not taking away investing. I'm just talking about like, are we hoarding on to the abundance because we don't want to give by faith? Because we don't think that we can't get more from the Lord later on. I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm talking about giving us more so that we can keep giving it away. I think it's an interesting perspective. Scripture then continues on, Kevin, in verse 16. It just says this. And here's the here's the cool part. In verses 16 through 24, you begin to see how Paul does the collection. Like there really is an accountability that begins to take place. There's an accountability of like, okay, guys, I'm going to start gathering uh, basically three guys. He says, thanks be to God who put the same concern for you into the heart of Titus. For he accepted our urging and being very diligent, went out to you by his own choice. In other words, Paul asked Titus, but Titus went out on his own. Titus said, okay, I'm going to do this collection. Now, at the same time, Somebody else showed him. We don't know the name. We just call him brother. This could be like Daryl and Daryl and Larry, right? I don't know. Isn't, that, isn't there two Daryls and a Larry? This is Titus and two brothers. It says, we've sent him with the brother who is praised throughout the churches for his gospel ministry. Can I just tell you this? People who have a collection and are on the quote unquote finance committee, they better have a heart for the Lord. They better have a heart for evangelism. Honestly, you guys, to me, that's why you want to do these efforts. People on finance committees shouldn't be stingy and say, well, how else can we put this so we can fix our pews and lay our carpet? No, man, how can we take this and how can we advance the kingdom of God? Titus is gathering the funds and so is this brother who has a loss, a burden for the lost souls. And then it just says this. And not only that, but he was appointed, this brother, by the churches to accompany us with this gift that is being administered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help. So I think it's kind of cool. He has a desire. Okay. Scripture talks about this to honor the Lord. So they have a heart for the gospel, honoring the Lord. They have a desire to serve. So this is part of the accountability of this collection. And then in verse 20, it's kind of obvious we are taking this precaution so that nobody can criticize us about this large sum administered by us. For we are making provision what is right, not only before the Lord, but also before men. So we're making sure the honesty card is all before the table. Titus is here. Another brother is here. And then he says in verse 22, hey, here comes the other Daryl. We've also sent them with our brother. Titus, brother and brother. We've also tested him in many circumstances and we found him to be diligent. And now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. Finally, uh, Wearsby puts all this together. He says, people that are doing this collection, Titus, the brother and the brothers, you know, they have a desire to serve, a heart for the lost. You know, they desire to honor God. They have this reputation for honesty. Finally, you know what they have is that they have a cooperative spirit. In 23 and 24, it says, as for Titus, 
He's my partner and co-worker serving you. As for our brothers, they are the messengers of the church. It's the glory of Christ. Therefore, show them proof. I love this. Before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you. In other words, guys, respond to your promise. I got a team coming. They're going to come and collect. Titus and the brothers, please, you guys, walk these things out. And finally, please just walk these things out by faith. It will truly bless the Jewish believers and bring glory and honor to the Lord. All right, guys, that is us talking about the treasure of Christ and how we are giving away our treasures because of him back into Jerusalem. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks.